Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Anna. And this week we're joined by one of our RFI colleagues in the Canada office. So something a little bit different. Uh, So welcome Davina to the podcast. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Kate. I'm so excited to be here with the two of you. Thanks for joining us. Um, And do you want to tell us about this episode and who you spoke to? So who you interviewed? Yeah, absolutely. So I had the pleasure of interviewing Mary-Kate Loftus, and she is the VP of Digital Banking at M&T Bank in the U.S., and we had a really wonderful session, and a lot of what we talked about was focused around all of the efforts um, that m and is making around supporting small businesses in the U.S., women, um, involvement in the community. And then, of course, um, one of my favorite topics, we talked a lot about female leadership within not just m and but banking in general. All topics we love as well. I was just thinking that, especially female leadership. And yeah, that sounds like a great episode and I'm really looking forward to, to hearing this. So let's, let's have a listen. I'd like to welcome our guest to the podcast today. Um, welcome, Mary-Kate Loftus, Senior VP of Digital Marketing at m Bank. Mary-Kate, it's so nice to have you here today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Davina. Great. Um, Mary-Kate, just to start off, you know, for all of our global listeners, would love um, for you to give us a little background and tell us a little bit about yourself, as well as maybe a little bit about m Bank as well. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So my name is Mary-Kate Loftus. I'm the Director of Digital for m Bank. I am responsible for digital marketing, digital strategy, originations, omni-channel, web, online, and mobile. Um, I am a, personally, I'm a career banker with more than 20 years experience and, um, and I've been so happy, a, uh, you know, being here at m and Bank. Um, the reason I, I just love m and um, is is really about it's a bank that's grounded in community and purpose. Um, MNT is a, um, a, a bank that meets the needs of our clients across the country. It, we have 150 billion dollars in assets, um, and we're really all about um, you know communities and, and knowing who our customers are. So uh, so it's a great place to be. Great, thank you. And that actually segues really nicely into the next question I was going to ask you. So just based on, you know, what you do, you're certainly really busy. Um, and from what I've read, it's also been a really busy time for m and Bank as a whole. Um, some wonderful new things that have been happening recently at the bank. I think, um, you know, you've launched a new branch focused on financial empowerment, several multicultural banking centers. Um, and like you said, a lot of focus on community events, um, all, you know, really great topics and very close to my heart. Um, so why is this such an area, um, focus area for m and And would love to also hear a little bit about, you know, how your team was involved in this and how you got um, all of this off the ground. m and is really all about, we've always been all about listening to our customers. So making sure that we um, understand, because every community is different, understanding what's important um, to everyone that's in that community. Um, so if you, if you even, um, if I can tell you a story about our employees, they actually have 40 paid hours of volunteer time mm-hmm. every year. So when it's vacation. And, and so what we're able to do is understand what each of those communities need. So um, as you mentioned, we've opened um, multicultural branches. And just recently, I had the opportunity to go down to Baltimore 
And I spent some time in our Fells Point branch, and there's another branch right nearby that um, meets the needs of clients um, who speak Korean. And you're able to, um, within those, get support for people that understand and speak the language that reflects the community that they're in. Um, we also have, uh, you know, taken a, you know, our approach where it's not just about person to person, but also online. So we've launched, M- you know, mtb.com backslash um, en espanol, and customers are able to um, to kind of like, you know, navigate and get the information that they need. Um, and when we think about communities too, it's really all about like we we really believe in a small business week this week, which is mm-hmm. great that we're having the interview. That small businesses power um, each of our communities. And um, we've launched something that I think is really cool. It's called the MNT Virtual Spotlight Shop. And what we do is, um, if you go online, you can just Google it. Um, we're able to highlight um, our clients in each community. Oh. And and what's yeah, and what's really been cool is we're able to expand the reach of those businesses. So some businesses maybe that were selling just locally actually are able to get more exposure because through the bank's website um, and tell their stories. And um, there's some really, um, you know, I think innovative things going on. Um, if I can tell you one more thing too, I'm really oh, excited about. I of course. Added about. Um, but I mentioned that, you know, at MNC, it's really important for us to be engaged in our community. And, um, and I'm very active in our local United Way. And there's an organization called um, Women United, and we're all about empowering women and, and, um, and, lifting, and lifting up women to achieve all their full potential. And um, as through this, I'm actually, I've signed up for this thing called Over the Edge. And in two weeks, I'm going to propel down the M&T Bank building, which is 21 stories high. You're brave. And <laughs> I know, but what's the best part of it is that um, when I put this out on social media and I told people about it, the response has been phenomenal. And there's actually now a whole team of people that are from M&T, but also from other local organizations that together are going to do this. And we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Women and Children's Hospital, the John Roshai um, Children's Hospital here in Buffalo, and also our local United Way. And I am like, it's just, it's going to be exhilarating and it's going to be exciting, but I'm really excited. But that's, that all together is how the bank is you know, supporting our communities in so many ways. No, that's really fantastic. And thank you for sharing. And particularly, you know, after uh, the last year and a half or so that we've had, that's been so difficult, um, especially across, you know, for small businesses and some of these organizations you've just mentioned. So it's really nice to hear um, the organization as well as yourself kind of bringing people together to, to help and support not just your clients, but also your community. So that's fantastic. Um, I want to actually ask you a little bit, you know, your role within the digital um, marketing, as well as, you know, being so close to some of the innovations that are happening in the industry. Of course, with COVID, you know, 2020 and probably a good portion of 2021 as well, we've seen sort of this accelerated need for digital solutions, um, which must have kept your team really busy, more so than normal. Just can you maybe give our global listeners a little bit of insights into some of the key trends that you're seeing in banking and maybe even fintech at the moment? Absolutely. Um, and you can see, Davina, the, where I'm sitting right now is at, is at the M&T Tech Hub in Buffalo. And it was built um, as a way to be able to bring together fintechs, entrepreneurs, really just like, like-minded creative designers um, to co-create solutions for our customers. What we saw, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, is that it shined a light that probably banks weren't doing as great a job as they should be meeting the needs of clients. And so rapidly, 
we um, luckily were already well on our way of listening and understanding what those needs were and working through what our ways of working would be to quickly build and iterate. But it really um, allowed us to move faster than we ever did before. Um, the we, we saw that it's, we could be as effective remotely, but we but we know also at the same time that being together is also a really powerful thing to exchange ideas and build connections. Um, so I think what we learned is that we can be effective, but we could be even better when we're together. Um, and we also learned that um, customers were perhaps in the past, a lot of maybe bankers um, specifically might have written off certain customer groups and said, oh, they're not going to become digitally enrolled or digitally active, digitally engaged. And what we learned is that um, absolutely, there are no limitations, there are no boundaries on, um, on customer behaviors. What they really care about is knowing that it's going to be safe, it's going to be, um, you know, they can trust what they're doing, and it's going to be easy. And as long as we do that, we found that digital um, activity across the board has risen substantially and it has not come down. So it has made those customer behavior changes are here to stay, without a doubt. Um, and then I'll just share the third point, um, is that it when, when what we learned during the pandemic was really that we can have um, awesome outside in insights that tell us like here you know here's how we can meet our customer needs and and usually it's from listening directly to customers and employees and once we find those the magic is how fast can we build it and get it out in front of people um, because the pace of change has just accelerated more than I've ever seen in my career so um, so those are those are some trends that that we're seeing. Excellent. And then what do you think are the, the impacts of that to the industry overall? I know, you know, COVID has obviously had impacts across a range of uh, things, but, you know, what would you say in terms of kind of, you know, banking or even digital banking, um, some of the impacts that you're seeing as a result of COVID? Yeah, I think that the, um, what, it, what it really is going to mean long-term, um, two things come to mind. The first is um, we talk about a war for talent. It is really it is true, it is real um, that, um, you know, the most talented people um, across, you know, across the country, um, we, we really are competing for folks that can apply mm -hmm. those insights, be able to get them out. And we have to um, create a culture where people say, I love coming to work. Like, I love the people I work with. I love the culture. I believe it's grounded in purpose. Um, and then the second, um, I believe, um, like, long, like, what it means for our industry is that um, there's been, I feel like, a, I'll call it like a great awakening, right, of mm -hmm. so many people understanding, like, what's really important in their life, and how do they want to spend their time, and, um, and what that means is that um, for the banking industry, we have to make sure that um, everyone that, that works for an organization has that deep connection to something bigger, to a purpose, to the community, to, right, and that's why, you know, I, I, what I see in my experience here is that that's why um, and I'll just speak for m and we've been able to attract top talent from around the country because people say, I think what you're building is something really different and really special, and I want to be part of it. Um, and, I, and as you go forward, that's, that I believe is going to be a, um, um, the banks that can do that the best are going to be the ones that can meet customer needs the best. Yeah, that's excellent. And just really interesting what you mentioned about retaining and attracting talent. Um, and their wide awakening to your point, you know, when you've been spending so much time at home with limited options and work becomes such a huge part of your life. Um, that's absolutely so great that the organization is putting so much thought and effort into, into making sure that people enjoy their work coming to M&T. So great things. 
Um, and then what would you say would be some challenges um, that you might face in the sort of, I can't say that we're in a post-pandemic world quite yet, but we're, you know, trying to get there and planning ahead. Um, so what would you say are some of the challenges that, you know, you foresee and are starting to prepare for? I, I believe um, one of the biggest challenges we will face is the acceleration of changing customer needs and how, how fast banks can meet them. Um, that means in, in some cases, it's like a, an evolving business model. Like how will banks, like it used to just be digital was your online and mobile app. And now digital is really, how do you make a customer feel like we are with you every step of the way, whether you're with us or you're out on your own somewhere. And that's how we use data to be able to connect the dots and understand customer behaviors, customer desires. Um, and um, so, as, so as we continue to go, I think that having people within each organization and, and at the bank that are able to design those experiences is, is really important. Who we're competing against now is not just um, the, the community bank next door or the next regional bank or even the big banks. It's, it's FinTech, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, and it's so that evolving landscape makes it um, really important because we believe that customers come to banks because they trust banks. And as we um, continue to build that trust, we have to deliver though the experiences that customers desire. So I, I feel like that's, that those two items are really going to be our biggest challenges going forward. Great. And then um, was there anything that surprised you about this past year and sort of you know customer behaviors? Because um, the way we've managed our banking relationships in the last 18 months or so, and you know a lot of what you've already said has just changed so drastically. Um, so what, you know, did anything surprise you as well? Is there anything that you're, ex that you think might become a permanent behavior that you're also really excited about? Yes, I, I believe um, what, and I'll, I'll look at it from two angles. The first angle is from a customer behavior point of view. Um, what, what has surprised me is the fact that the shift to digital in every aspect of an interaction from a, a client experience um, you know, there were there was always the debate: will it will it return to you know pre-pandemic levels? And the answer is no. Nothing is ever going back to pre-pandemic levels. And the reason being, it's it's a fundamental change in how people believe and how they and just how they how they live their lives. Um, the second, um, you know, the second I think um, thing that surprised me is that what came out of the pandemic wasn't, it really wasn't, um, I think what people are left with, it's not the superficial things. It really is about um, the importance of life, time, health, family. And I, I really believe for the next generation, at least everyone that's lived through this, those are going to be lasting. And that mindset shift means that we as leaders and we as um, you know, is, is, you know, people that are running and leading financial institutions have to continue to recognize that and, and shift to be there where our customers need it and when they need it. Um, also, once again, it nicely transitions into the next set of questions that I have. You know, you just mentioned leadership. Um, and one of my favorite topics as someone who's worked in financial services and now works with um, partners in the financial services. I love talking about female leadership in general, but also female leadership in banking. Um, so I just wanted to know if you could maybe talk a little bit about, you know, the goals that M&T as, as an organization has around women in leadership. Absolutely. I am 
equally, Davina, is yes, <laughs> and it doesn't have to um, it's, it's so important, and it's so important for many reasons. I'll first talk about MNT's um, position and beliefs on, on that. Um, we believe that it's the right thing to be a leader in ensuring that we have one of the most you know, diverse, strong organizations that reflect those communities that we're serving. I'm really proud. Um, we had re released our um, um, first uh, report that kind of publicly talks about that. And in there, you'll see that um, we have of our board membership, 40% are um, people of color and women, which is absolutely, I believe, like that's phenomenal. We had three new board members added last year and two of which are these amazing women, which is really cool. Um, we also have, when we think about how we will continue to grow the pipeline of women in the organization, there, are, there is, and I just got off a presentation that was talking about this through the leadership teams across the bank. Um, we have set targets that say we will continue to recruit, we will measure and monitor, we will um, pay attention to the changing um, um, labor market because what we are seeing, and this is you know well documented now, is that women um, entering or perhaps leaving and opting out of the workforce is happening at an alarming rate. And how does MNT continue to attract, um, support, be um, adaptable to the needs of women so that we can make sure that we are recruiting top talent, we continue to invest and grow. So, um, and I'm with you, we're like, I like to just talk about leadership, not female leadership, but unfortunately we're not quite at that point. So we have to, right. <laughs> we have to talk. But, um, but no, it's, it's, it really is, and I'm, uh, I, I'll, I'll share one more story because I believe so much in like women supporting women is um, um, I was super proud today. I was, um, I woke up and like everyone, right, I might scroll through my phone a little bit. And on um, LinkedIn, I saw that um, one of my colleagues, Elvina Lowe, was just selected as one of the top 50 Asian American business leaders in America. And and you just when you look at that, like I think that um, I think that there's a recognition, but I think it's it's proof points that um, that when we give women opportunities to lead, like we are better off as an organization in our performance and as a, and as a community. So, yeah, and I know, really you know happy as, about as an industry, we've made um, there's been a lot of strides, but you know, still a lot of room for improvement. We've still got ways to go. Why would you say it's become, or maybe it already always has been? Why is it such a focus for MNT to, um, you know, have women in leadership uh, be so important to the organization? Well, I, I'll give two um, very easy reasons. The first is that um, beyond the fact that it's the right thing to do, <laughs> and um, as always, um, but I do believe I think that studies have shown that when you have more women in leadership we have a better risk management culture where it's very balanced. Um, and then the other is that it, um, it really enables people to bring their full self to work, where we have cultures and environments where um, when, when, when we see an equitable and balanced leadership team, it allows all people to feel they can raise their hand, they can take risks in their career, they can, they can you know, go to lead and, and feel supported. So um, it does in the end improve um, performance. And that's why I'm really happy to see, um, you know, the numbers are strong, but they'll continue to get better. I have no doubt. Great. Um, so now this is the part of the interview where I ask you some questions about you and you as a leader. Um, what would you say are some of the most important lessons that you've learned about leadership over the course of your career? Thank you for asking me that question. That is a beautiful question. I'm, I, um, I'd love to hear the same from you, actually. We'll do a, we'll do a reverse interview. My, um, 
I believe my, I will even just say one. Um, my, I feel that my most important leadership lesson that I've learned is to not place any artificial constraints or limits on, on what we can do and have that belief that, um, that as you go forward, as you take risks, as you bring your best self and, and everything that you could do, um, that, um, that there really is no limit on, on what you can um, be able to achieve. Um, I have been so blessed to have many influential and important people in my life that before I even saw it myself, they would kind of like give me a hand up and say, I think you can do this. And, um, and I hope that, you know, and I, I really do work very hard at making sure that I'm now often the one extending a hand saying, come with me. Like, I'll, I trust you. I want to give you the exposure. I want to give you the opportunity. And sometimes people say, thank you. I'm ready. And sometimes they say, oh, my gosh, like, I can't do this. And, and, um, and what I try to do is always say, I believe in you. I see it. Let's, let's do it. You know, and I've got your back. We'll be here. So, um, so that, that to me is, um, is ultimately um, what I believe is the best leadership lesson. Um, and, and one last thing, too, is, is that remembering the why, like I feel like as I've gone through the years, what I've learned in my career is um, the most, it, it's having that, that real grounding and like a sense of purpose in who you are what you stand for, what you believe in. And as you live that, you model that behavior, um, but it gives you that, um, that strength deep in your core so that you can make the right decision at that moment of truth and you can support people when they need it. And, um, and if, you, if you have that, you will be able to create change beyond like what you ever could imagine. That's really great advice. Very nice. And now what is yours? I would love well, you know, for me, I think um, one of the big things, and I try to sort of um, do that with myself, is taking risks. I'm just not sort of looking and saying, oh, I don't think I can do that, or it looks too hard, but just saying, what, why don't I try it out? Um, I can always ask for help, and if I don't try it, I don't know. I'm just going out of my comfort zone. Um, so that's something I've really focused on doing um, or trying for the last few years, because um, I really think it's really important to push yourself, um, try different things and expand your horizons. And I think also just the belief that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, you're in the driver's seat for where you want your career, not just your career, anything really to go, you just have to sort of get in the driver's seat and kind of figure out, um, you know, what you want to do, where you want this to go, and then figure out the steps and reach out to people who you think could help you, give you the advice, um, look for mentors. Um, to help you in that driver's seat um, in that journey. So I think those would be the two, two sort of big ones that I've been really focused on. And that's fantastic, um, Davina, when you, um, I'm sure that part of what drives you to be able to get to that place is probably a quest for learning. And I think that that's something that people, um, especially women are advancing in their careers to be constantly open to learning like in a, the, the marketplace is changing and technology is changing so rapidly there is no end to learning you just have to read you have to network you have to connect you have to research um talk to um you know the emerging talent in your organization find out what they're thinking about and um and that opens like all of these insights and will allow you to continue to grow and stretch um one last thing we didn't talk about but i, I do think it's important is um, particularly as we're still in the pandemic, um, the importance of resilience and that what that really means is taking care of yourself. So something that we do 
um, at MNT is we actually, um, and I do this with my team, is every um, quarter we do what's called a resiliency audit. And what that means is we check in on how are you taking care of yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally, how's your work-life balance, and then identifying what needs to change because um, people are under more stress than they realize. Um, they may have grief that they haven't dealt with in terms of loss of loss of their routines, loss of normal life, so to speak, um, and making sure that people are sleeping, exercising, eating healthy. That enables um, a, a, a person, and particularly women, because we often are the caregivers, to a lot to like be able to go and to be able to bring the energy that you need so that you can succeed. So I'd say focus on resiliency is a leadership lesson that everybody can apply. And, you know, Mary-Kate, if I can add to that, I think, you know, before the pandemic, um, people perhaps weren't as open about talking publicly with their colleagues or even their friends and family about um, sort of self-care and stress and, you know, things like not sleeping and dealing with grief. And if there's, you know, some positives coming out of um, how we've dealt with the pandemic, the fact that you're able to and are doing these activities and sessions and putting that focus on kind of dealing with these issues and letting people know that they have the support from their work teams and their employers, I think goes a really long way um, in making a you know, positive working environment for everyone. Wonderful. And I know we're running out of time, but there is one last question um, that I do want to ask you. And you've, of course, had such an impressive career. Um, you're doing so much at MNT. But if you were to look back, what would you tell your younger self? It, that is such a hard question. And first of all, thank you for the kind, um, kind comments. But um, that is such a, a tough question because I feel that every experience and every way that I went is what brought me to today. I would tell my younger self to, um, to be fearless, like to be yourself and to embrace that um, because there's something, for example, everybody has it. What's uniquely Davina is different from what's uniquely Mary-Kate. And, and I and everyone else, right, you don't have to be anyone else to be successful. You find what is true to you and you live it. And if you do that, the right experiences will flow to you. You'll surround yourself by the right people and you will be happier and you'll be able to succeed. So um, that would be my life lesson looking back at my career. And um, I hope that helps other people who may be listening today. No, oh, that's really great. And thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm sure we've, had, we've got listeners who will take, take something away from that and hopefully apply it to their own lives. But uh, Mary-Kate, it's been so lovely chatting with you today. Um, and I, you know, I wish we could you know, talk for <laughs> a few more hours because I'm sure there's just so much ground we can cover, but we would love for you to come back and join us again um, and you know, tackle a whole different set of topics maybe when we do that. But um, once again, thank you so much for making the time and uh, chatting with us. I appreciate it so much, and I will make a promise. I will come back, but on the condition that I can bring some awesome women, um, especially to people of color and, and everybody come together and let's, uh, and let's have a great conversation about the future of banking and how we meet customer needs. Yeah, we would love that, and we'll look forward to it. Thank awesome. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Global Digital Banker Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean.